1: Welcome to DJ Simulation is to You're here with Janice Pelaganes and...
0: And Dan Raymer. What's up, Janice?
1: What's up, Dan? You know, Jenny and I, work constantly, we're on this kind of new pathway of action research with ourselves and organizational research on deliberately developmental, meaning that we find opportunities to practice what we preach. One of the things that I've been working on deliberately is previewing. Because previewing, it's just come to all of us. I mean, I think we've all just acknowledged how important previewing a topic is before you go into it. For example, it would be, so Dan, today I'd really like to talk about previewing right? So it's like an intro to your conversation. So people know where you are. I think it's why I chose this as one of my uh, deliberately developmental things is Dan keeps calling me cryptic. And I think it's because I start rambling and talking about things. and He has no idea what I'm talking about. So maybe I should start previewing. Are you with me here?
0: Yes. Uh, uh, (laughs) I'm just thinking that practicing what we preach is important and we just did a podcast on name dropping. And so you started off by saying Jenny and I. Ah. And I assume <laughs> you're speaking about Jenny Rudolph, uh, the executive director at CMS. And
1: oh, that's so uh, interesting. Yeah, I guess the I have to. Organizational
0: explain behavior scientist and person who. We have learned so much from about psychological safety and about communication. That person?
1: That person, Dan. Thank you. Thanks for calling me on that. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I feel like if they know us, they know Jenny. That's just, oh, yeah, this is... I see yeah. where I do it. Um, so yes, <laughs> that Jenny. And so I've been asking her to help me and call me on when I'm not previewing. And so just everywhere I go now, I'm just constantly previewing my topic that I'm about to talk about. And, and I, I, I have found it helpful. And then I realized as I was teaching last week that I was teaching students to preview and they felt it just felt mechanic to them, like robotic. It didn't feel authentic. And and then it occurred to me, oh yeah, in my deliberate practice, I have started realizing this nuance of previewing that there's actually two types of previews. The first preview is more of a personal preview and a personal disclaimer. And then the second preview is the preview of the topic. And I've started to recognize that this first preview, the personal preview is actually more important than the content preview. Let me give you an example. So Dan, I see that you're about to head off to a meeting. I really want to talk to you about something because if I don't tell you right now, I'm going to forget and I'm afraid I'm going to forget. So headliner, I'd like to talk about previewing we can talk about it later something like that like that's or I can give you Uh, my my thing but that social preview is what makes it socially acceptable to talk about that topic and it it sets it in a in a more relational environment and conversation and 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 it's funny because we all naturally at cms I've noticed we all naturally do it and it's this little nuance that we just haven't picked up on in in our the model that we teach because we naturally do it and we just kind of overlooked it.
0: Janice, yes, I am a little bit confused because I'm not sure the example you gave, what you're contrasting it with. I'm not sure I understand your nuance uh, of I see. it being personal versus mechanistic.
1: I could have started the podcast with, Dan, I'd really like to talk about previewing. Instead, I started with, Jenny and I've been working on deliberately developmental. I've really learned this thing about previewing and it's just become really important to me. And so I'd like to talk about previewing. So here's what I found about previewing. So there's something different about putting it into the context of the social environment and myself that makes a big difference in the actual conversation that I've noticed. So does, doesn't it
0: have to do with the context though? So if if I'm debriefing and I'm debriefing a case about anaphylaxis and I do a preview I'd like to talk about the medications that are useful in treating anaphylaxis that sounds mechanistic by your definition but in the context of a debriefing about anaphylaxis it seems to me like the purpose is you know is implied by the context
1: well not really like if you were to say You know, I've always found this type of anaphylactic reaction um, difficult to identify. And so I'd like to talk about that. It's different than, let's talk about anaphylaxis.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Or or what happened just now. Uh Uh-huh.
0: So... So, giving some giving some context explicitly is better than leaving it implied. I guess, is what you're is is what you're advocating here. is that is that right?
1: Um, no, because I think there's still some things that are implied, even if I were to have said that. like it's implied that I'm going to be talking about anaphylaxis. But now I'm telling you how I'm feeling about it. I'm telling you what's running for me as the person starting the conversation. That it does do something. It it adds like a natural dynamic to the conversation versus just kind of stating the objective. It's kind of like why we we don't say the objective of this is. Instead, we say, I'd really like to talk. You know, one thing that really interested me is this the objective.
0: Yeah. This is so interesting. I'm trying to think about it. I, I often talk about the preview as like a subject line in an email. And so if if you make that analogy, I guess I don't see subject lines like you're stating. I mean, I guess if you you. you sent me an email and it said, I've been talking (laughs) to Jenny and uh, and we've been thinking about. (laughs) No, no, no.
1: (laughs) I think it would be. So so using your email analogy, that subject line, of course, is going to be the actual topic when you open the email, your first sentence. You know, rather than jumping into the content, if you put a first preview that previews why you're bringing it up or what it means to you and then talk about the content, it changes the dynamic of the conversation. And I've only just been playing with this for the last year, like doing it without the personal preview and doing it with the personal preview. And last week, it just made so much more sense when the, when the students, the learners were like, yeah, this just feels mechanistically. It just doesn't feel like, or it feels mechanical. It doesn't feel natural. And then it had occurred to me, yeah, you know, we should probably be teaching personal preview and then content preview in conversation, not an email.
0: So I'm just trying to make this practical. Sure. As you know, I do a lot of surgical team debriefing. Uh, The first case that we do is often some sort of hemorrhage problem. And I often talk about, I sort of have the same learning objectives. For example, one of the points I always... Bring up is that the communication isn't to the whole team. Very often, the surgeon and the anesthesiologists are the ones who are communicating, and the nurse overhears the conversation. And it implies to the nurse that he or she has, you know, a whole list of things to do in the setting of, you know, massive hemorrhage. I. Preview that by saying, so I'd like to talk about communication, or I always find it interesting to talk about communication of the team during hemorrhage. So you're suggesting that I say,
1: You well, actually say it a lot, Dan, during your debriefing. So when you start off a debriefing, you always say, You know, I was watching from the control room behind the mirror. I could see what you were doing, but I can't. I couldn't really figure out what you were thinking. And that's really what I'd like to talk about today. So that's your personal preview. Uh-huh. And then you go into, okay, so what we're going to do is talk a little The three things that really interested me that I'd really like to talk about are blah, 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 blah. So you do it very naturally and we've just never really picked up on that. Uh,
0: I guess, yeah, I, I guess, I guess the, the personal part is by saying it is, what I find interesting or what I found interesting or what I observed that was interesting, uh, I'm personalizing it. And I think that's what, that's what you're saying.
1: Yes. Well, it's more than that. So it it, sometimes it's a disclaimer. So that's a disclaimer. Like I could only see what you were doing. I couldn't really see what you were thinking, or I was behind the mirror. It was hard for me to hear everything that was going on. So there were lots I, I didn't hear. So that's, that's a kind of like a disclaimer disclosure. And then there's also a, uh, you know, this is important to me because I also struggle with it. So that's more of like a normalizing, you know, telling why you're interested in it. Um, So yeah, there, I mean, it's definitely personalizing, yet there's different kind of types of, of this personal preview. Uh
0: I think one of the one of the difficulties here this is so nuanced i think one of the difficulties here is we've always suggested that the preview be you know fairly free of any judgment and that that it's the lead into the uh-huh. conversation and so if if you if you go too far if you say uh, so one of the things mm-hmm. that really interests me is how people screw up in uh, treating anaphylaxis so what I'd like to talk about are the medications that are appropriate then <laughs> you've already you know right. torn rapport with the learners who think they just made the biggest mistake of their lives and you're just waiting to pounce on them so I, I think I think you You have to do it in a way that is neutral uh, because it is the lead into the conversation and you don't want to poison the well, but you need to personalize it is what you're saying, or it helps to personalize it. It
1: makes a big difference. Yes, it does help. And and you're right. I mean, it's always about the approach and, and I've just noticed the power of it in conversations, not debriefing, but in like, especially hallway conversations, it's actually really powerful because if you, if you don't do that, I've just noticed the reactions in the conversation is, I don't know, I can't explain it. It's, it's not, I, I tend to not create the impact that I'm intending to create or achieving the goal of having that conversation when I don't put in the personal preview because because it triggers other factors for some reason. Like people interpret, you know, why is she telling me now in the middle of, you know, the day, or you know, why aren't we not doing this in a meeting? Or why, why now? You know, there there are things that get that get triggered that you don't expect. And by that personal preview, you're A, almost like expressing your interest and making transparent why you're talking about it in that moment. And also sometimes, and I think also very powerful is you're expressing your vulnerability around the issue that makes it easier to discuss through that disclaimer or disclosure. So
0: so the word curiosity certainly pops into my head uh, as I'm listening to you, because it seems like the personal part if it's part of an expression of curiosity that i'm interested in this topic because i'm curious about it i'm curious about what happened or i'm curious about what the right thing to do is or i'm curious about something here that that goes a long way in establishing your position as a debriefer, for example, or really in any conversation, as the person who's wants to have a conversation, I want to hear your point of view. I want to tell you my point of view and get your reaction to it. That's really part of the curious stance that we talk about. And and, and I mm-hmm. think that that's maybe where the, where the effective...
1: The effectiveness of the personal preview is.
0: Yeah, the personal part of the preview—that that's that's that seems important to me. Uh-huh. If the personal part comes from some other agenda, maybe that isn't so effective.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I like what you're saying because it could be expressing curiosity as the person starting the conversation, but maybe that personal preview actually creates fosters curiosity on the the uh, recipient of the initiator, I guess I don't know what you would call that second person. So it just fosters curiosity in general by by personally previewing and and i have I have felt that, you know, when other people in our organization do a personal preview first, I'm much more tuned in. Like mm-hmm. I will put my phone down. And I understand, you know, there's there's just a connection. It's almost like a it just creates a connection to be able to talk about the topic.
0: So a counter example, I guess, would be if I started off a conversation with, "I'm required to cover this in the curriculum, <laughs> so uh, so let's talk about uh, peanut butter and jelly." Um, th- th- it's
1: always peanut butter and jelly with you, Dan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just had my peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> uh, which I had every day of my entire life.
1: With a bagel. Uh, you know, and and I'm thinking, I am thinking back to my clinical days and when someone would have to talk with me, they are required to talk with me about some policy that they need to sign me off on or something mm-hmm. like that. It is nice to hear that personal preview of of, you know, we're going to do this because I'm required to do it. Let's do it. It is somewhat important, blah, 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 you know, but it is nice to hear that kind of connection of, uh we do have to do this. We just have to do it.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I suppose.
1: <laughs> because then, you know, for me, I can, I, maybe it has to do with empathy. Like, I can empathize. Like, okay, this person has to come to me because they are required to do it. And I'm, I get their feeling. I'm going to help them. We're just going to do it.
0: I think you're making a great point that, you know, personalizing your preview is better than making it, you know, c- kind of uh clinical
1: or content.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Straight to the point. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. then people make interpretations as soon as you say it. Right. And then it becomes this formalistic type conversation versus Yeah, I mean, I think I think it maybe rather than personalizing your preview just you know, that first step is making a connection and it comes in the form of a personalized preview.
0: I like it. I like it. And and you think I do this.
1: You do it naturally. That's why we haven't picked up on it until, you know, I started understanding this nuance and I started playing around with not doing it and going straight to the topic and then doing it. And I could see people's brains, like they just, <laughs> they're interpreting like, you know, and or they're not understanding where I'm coming from. I've just really come to appreciate the power of that personal preview.
0: I'm so relieved. I'm finding it increasingly difficult to learn new things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't need to learn it. You just need to teach it now.
0: uh Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I am always interested in our listeners' thoughts. And so if you have any thoughts or feedback for us, we're always interested in feedback, too.
0: Well, I guess that's what's up this week, Janice.
1: Yeah, what's up, Dan?
0: DJ Simulationistas, what's up? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedicine.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.